Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, who in 1999 portrayed the character of police chief Joe Frawley in a season three episode of the TV series Early Edition, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Yes, patrons. Yes, patrons. <laughs> Tell me about Police chief Frawley. Oh my gosh. So when was that? 99? You were young to play the police chief at that point? 99. I, mean, I was yeah. in my 30s. Well, here's Still, the thing. So early the- edition was Kyle Chandler's big number one series lead, CBS okay. show. He okay. was a big, that's sort of what put him on the map. I had worked with Kyle yep. on early edition and knew Kyle a bit from that show and some mutual friends, mm-hmm. but uh, early edition. Yeah, that was a, it was a, at the end of maybe our season four, something like that. Mm-hmm. You filmed in LA, right? No, went off to Chicago. That Chicago. show shot in Chicago. Okay. And I remember, cause I knew Kyle and he was a motorcycle rider like me. Like you. Yes. And when I got to Chicago, I had a bunch of days off and I was talking to Kyle and he said, Hey, if you want to take my bike and go, uh, you know, have fun because I'm working and I'm not going to ride. And and I remember I borrowed his bike in Chicago. I didn't know Chicago at all. And I just headed up the lake, Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> Love it. And just like took off and like rode his bike. And it was awesome. It was really what, fun. What month was this though? In Chicago? It was April. Oh, okay. It was, so we had just finished. Yeah. It was, it was still a little chilly, but yeah. I remember that's my memory yeah. of doing that show. I don't remember the story of what I did in the show, yeah. but I remember being in Chicago. I didn't know the city very well. And Kyle giving me his motorcycle. And for like three days, I had his bike and kept it at the hotel and would go wow. out and just poke around. It was really, really fun. But don't you think you were fairly young to be a police chief, though? I mean, police chief, I think of guys in their 60s and you were not. I think the story, what I remember was Kyle Chandler's character goes back to his small town. Okay, And I played a character who was gonna who was like the football captain. Ah. I was the I was the big winner guy. Yeah. But when he comes back to the small town, I'm still in the small town. And he's the big and fish, he's, isn't he? Yeah. And he's <laughs> and so there was a there was a whole jealousy, you know, competitive so, thing with Kyle Chandler and my character mm, or something. That's all I remember. Okay. So the conflict yeah. was there. Okay. Yeah, there was some okay. conflict there. Yeah. So yeah, so that's pretty cool that he let you borrow his bike. So did you borrowed his helmet? Did you borrow his his jacket as have. well? You you didn't I bring your riding have. anything, no, correct? No. So you had everything from him okay yeah i think so very cool so this week's episode robbie is lifeline lifeline Mm. so is this uh does this ring a bell for you because it does not ring a bell for me at this point at all just from the title i can't get anything the title sounds familiar but we should go watch it let's go watch it we should go watch it so let's let's go watch lifeline lifeline and yeah for all our patreon patrons stick around for your bonus material for everyone else we'll see after we watch it see ya All right, we're back from watching Lifeline. Yes, we are. What a different episode this was. I had no clue, first of all, uh-huh. <laughs> that Robert Picardo 
has a writing credit in this yeah. episode. My gosh. And then I did further research. There's only two Star Trek series regulars who've had writing credits. Do you know who the other one is? I thought Ethan Phillips sold a story. I think he sold a story on our show. Same as Bob. Like, I think Bob and John Bruno, yeah. who's his friend and also directed on our show and a visual, yeah. visual effects master. Yeah. Bob and John Bruno were good friends and they were talking. And I think they came up with a story in their conversations and together. And then they went and officially pitched it, wrote it out and pitched the story. I think Ethan Phillips sold a story, although I don't know if it got made or not. Not. No, that is not oh. the correct answer. Walter Koenig. What? Yeah. What did he sell? What What did he write on? For the Star original Trek, series? No, for Star Trek, the animated series. Oh, wow. He has a writing credit for that. So. Wow. Still very impressive. That very that impressive. Any any actor getting a writing credit. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear of actors directing all the time, such as yourself and Bob and Roxanne mm -hmm. and Tim. But in terms of writing, you don't see that. No, not so, often. Yeah. Not often at all. Okay, so. Bob Picardo, John Bruno sold a story. Yes. And then it was written by Brandon Braga, Doherty, Robert Doherty, my and, favorite writer so far. Yes. Other and than, uh, Brian. Raph Green. And Raph Green, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those three wrote it. Terry Wendell directed this episode, which he didn't direct a lot, maybe four no. or five episodes for no. us. Let's do our poetry synopsis first, then we'll get into our cast. Sure. Let's okay. synopsize this. Let's synopsize this. My okay. haiku for Lifeline. Mm -hmm. Starfleet transmission. Doctor sent to Jupiter. Chip off the old block. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very abstract, but you yeah, know. <laughs> I like it. That's haiku for you. All right, okay. let's hear this. I, I cannot wait to hear your limerick. Here's hear a it. limerick poetry synopsis. For the entire episode, <laughs> Lifeline. Here we go. Okay, go. We're going to get this in a limerick. Here we go. Yeah. The Pathfinder project's still there. It sends lots of messages to share. Doc's inventor is ill with a personality that's quite shrill. Rude and grumpy are a family affair. <laughs> you got shrill in there? Wow. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Ah. Oh, very, very creative. And but very, we both had the same idea that very on point. His yeah. inventor, Zimmerman, and the doctor had the yeah. same personality. Pretty much. Rude and, rude and grumpy are a family affair. There you go. Um, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Guest stars okay. Dwight Schultz playing Barkley back again. Love Dwight Schultz. We've talked about him before. Everybody mm. lo knows him, loves him. I don't know if we've ever talked about his first job. So I wanted to make sure we covered that. Okay. It was a TV movie. I think it was a TV movie. It might have been a feature film, but it was in 1981, and it was called Thin Ice with Kate oh. Jackson. Kate Jackson was the star. From Charlie's Angels? Yeah. My goodness. Oh. That's why I think it was a TV movie. Hard to, I, 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 I couldn't figure that out. But thin Ice. Thin Ice. What? But Dwight Schultz did a lot of theater before that. He had won some Dramalogue Awards. He had, nice. He had... He had done a lot of theater, so he came out of the theater and made his film debut in 1981, not long before the A-Team. That wasn't... Yeah, and, know, that's, he, and the, arguably that's his most well-known yeah. credit, I think. Yeah. At least that's what I know him from, growing up, watching Absolutely. the A-Team, and, mm -hmm. and the character he played was very quirky and very Barkley-esque, I yes. might add, if you think about that. Yes, and very... 
he just was charming and he popped in the A-team. I mean, yeah. you know, the A-team was filled with lots of big characters and great, great personalities. But right. Dwight, Dwight on the A-team was pretty special. He was Yeah, awesome. he was unique. He was mm -hmm. definitely, he played a character that could be on the spectrum, really. And, yeah. and a very good character as well. And mm -hmm. one that's very memorable. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Star, Star Trek was able to have him uh, guest star as many times mm -hmm. as he did is, is actually a, a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. We have uh, the character of Haley, the assistant to Zimmerman, yes. was played by Tamara Craig Thomas is her name. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you right off the bat before you yes. go into her first thing. When she came on screen, yes. who did she remind you of? I don't know. And you Jennifer may not. Lean or no, no. Know. You may not know this answer right off the bat because you may not know this actress's work that I'm thinking of. But um i'm maya hawk ethan hawk's daughter so ethan oh hawk's yeah, yeah she does in, from just, stranger things yes the just the overall look of mm -hmm. this of of the uh, actress that played Haley. Mm -hmm. even her voice has that yeah. little bit of a raspiness to it it very similar to maya hawk also so yes. I, I i immediately that was my connection okay oh, what's funny. her first what is her first Tamara craig about? thomas uh she's canadian her yes, very yes. first uh, job that I could find was a horror film in 1996 mm. called Tromeo and Juliet. Now, oh, this is probably with uh, Troma Films. Uh, the, it was Troma yeah. Films. They were very famous for these low budget genre yeah. horror films. Yes. The writer of Tromeo and Juliet <laughs> is who is James Gunn. The Guardians of the Galaxy writer, director, like James Gunn wrote this movie, oh, I Romeo, love it. I love Romeo it. and Juliet, he, 1996. He cut his teeth with trauma. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've been to a few conventions where trauma, or at least, you know, the the people, the team behind trauma it mm -hmm. has a booth, basically, at a few of the conventions I've been at. Yeah. So, wow. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. That was her for 96. So just a few years before, I think she's now become a producer. I think she's returned to Canada. She produces a lot yep. of Canadian content up there. Uh, so. Documentaries is what I, I found. So, oh, wow. And Interesting. Yes. And also she changed her last name to Watson now. So oh, married name Canada. or I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Um, mm -hmm. That makes sense, but it's still a three name. It's one of the, like mm -hmm. you, Robert Duncan McNeil. She still mm -hmm. maintains a middle name as well. So, oh, good. Uh, but again, I, don't remember her at all because mm -hmm. I had no scenes with her. So, okay. We didn't Next. have a lot to do in this episode. No, the, most no. of the cast, not yeah. much to do. Um, two more guest stars. Uh, Jack Shearer plays Hayes. Yeah. We've seen him before. We've mm -hmm. seen him before. His first TV job was in 1983. The fall guy with Lee major. Oh show. my goodness. I yeah. remember that show. Yes. Yeah. And last but not least, Marina Sirtis, our <laughs> special guest star as Deanna Troy so fun to see her i i remember she had done an episode of our show but i couldn't remember which one but so this was it her first job was in england where she's from yes a tv show called raffles 1977 raffles, raffles was raffles. a jewel thief who steals from the rich and has fun along the way and solves some mysteries and things like that so raffles the so jewel he's thief. kind of a robin hoodish type of yeah i think it was something like that she was a okay. guest star on 1977 okay. raffles the british team oh yeah 
Yeah. Was, what were you? You were 13. Is that right? 13. Yeah, you were 13. And I probably I was... did my first community theater play then right? around the time she <laughs> premiered on raffles. In raffles. <laughs> yeah, I think so. 1976, 77, 77 probably was. Yeah. Spring yeah. of 77 was Wizard of Oz. My first appearance on stage <laughs> and Marina Sirtis's first appearance on TV. Raffles. It, it coincided. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I also want to say there's another person in here who played the the alien masseuse. Oh yeah. Who yes. really turns out to be the doctor. Right. Yeah. So that alien is an alien from Insurrection, oh. which I which again I will say is one of the two worst uh Star Trek <laughs> movies, next generation movies. And she uh is actually the same young lady who was Jerry Ryan's photo double. Oh, really? So that's Nicole. Yeah. So if you recall, oh, if you remember yeah, Nicole, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember see, I passed her in that alien makeup, and and I didn't say hello because I didn't know who it was, and she was like Garrett. I'm like, who? And she's like, it's Nicole. I'm like, oh, 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 hi. Oh, I didn't funny. know you were working today, and and. You know, <laughs> all that craziness. Of yeah, that, that was a crazy. Ma- that was a big makeup. Yeah. So that's yeah. Nicole. I just want to give her props because. Oh know, yeah, that was a nice bit. A little, yeah, she had a little she bit, had a bit to do and a lot of time in the makeup chair. Exactly. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Okay. We, so we have everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's everybody. Let's get into our recap of yeah. this episode. Yeah, it starts with a exterior space shot of Jupiter yes. Station. And yes. we see a shuttle that's heading there. And we later mm-hmm. learn that's Reg Barkley's shuttle. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting note. There has been comments about the Jupiter station in multiple Star Trek series, including mm-hmm. ourselves, uh, TNG. And yet there has never been a shot of Jupiter oh, station. Oh, really? This is the first us. time we've yes. ever seen it? Yes. There's reference to it in multiple shows, but. This is the first time we see it on Voyager. Wow. So that's, you know, that's a little special. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, and it, it looked cool. I like the look. It, of it. looks super cool. Uh, inside the shuttle that's heading to the space station, there's yeah. Reginald Barkley. We see him. He's approaching. He asks, hails them, asks for permission to board, to dock. Mm-hmm. I just love Dwight <laughs> Schultz's dry, his <laughs> eyes. It's just such a permission it's so formal yet funny to me he just makes <laughs> yeah. the the simplest thing funny i was laughing oh you're right at, at him uh, <laughs> he's the best yeah he really is but again uh, he has so much cachet from a team that you you almost uh, you're you're feeling you're laughing with him because of that as well because, of, because yeah, yeah because of his done. whole <laughs> his whole work history yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we cut inside a lab and we're sort of panning across the lab. We hear the doctor's voice. It sounds like the doctor's voice, Bob Picardo's voice. Right. But something's different about it. He's kind of grumpy. He's like, come in. Yeah. Uh, it pans across the lab and we see an iguana <laughs> on, on the station just randomly. I was like, why? What is this was, iguana? Was this John Bruno's idea or Bob's idea to put I an iguana know. in this episode? I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is Bob Picardo's favorite reptile. Maybe it maybe is. he well, likes Bob Picardo that. had a had a desert tortoise. It was okay. He, his his I, when when his kids were young, they had fostered because you can't own a desert tortoise. They're oh, very big. They're big. Oh. They're like and they live 
you know, 200 years, these tortoises. I don't remember him having that. He yeah, definitely in, had one. Yeah. Oh. They're an endangered species, the oh, desert goodness. tortoise. And so they applied to the state of California as a family to foster one. And they had one in their backyard, just roamed around this desert tortoise. What? Yeah. Where is that I, tortoise now? I don't know. Bob. But... I, I don't see the only pet I remember. And I've talked about this before is their, their cat, Harry, mm-hmm. which was probably the largest oh, cat yeah. I've ever seen. It looked like a 45, 50, 60 pound cat. It was yeah. massive. Um, but other than that, I don't they had a the desert tortoise. tortoise. Was I don't it big? When you, did you see yeah, it? It was pretty big. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. it was big already. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't it was... a baby. Okay. I think it was like a 40 year old tortoise, but they live to like a hundred, 200 years old or something. They, it, it, it was going to, you know, outlive yeah. Bob and all of them probably. Did you call so. the name they gave the tortoise? I don't. I wish I could. Oh, but I wonder goodness. if having a tortoise was an inspiration for him saying, well, Zimmerman should have a weird can, pet too. Can you do you me know? a favor? Can you please yes. just text him right now and say, what was the name of your desert tortoise? I just, okay. I'm just curious. I just really, really, really am curious. And I'm curious for silly things like this. That's just me. Let's, and as but, he answers, if we can we can come back to that as, you know, when you get the let's response. Let's see if we get a response here. Yeah, because that, to me, is important information. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is my forte, is literally knowing little trivia facts that- Little stuff really, like that. Yeah, little things like that, which amount to pretty much nothing. But I yeah. still enjoy trivia. Okay. Well, we'll see. So this lab, we realize, is it's as the camera pans over, we hear Bob Carter's voice and then we see him yeah. turn in a chair. It's Bob, but he's dressed in you know, like gray hair yeah. and civilian clothes. He doesn't have clothes. a uniform on. No, it's not the doctor. It's clearly Correct. it's clearly his inventor or something you assume at this yes. point. It is doc, Dr. Zimmerman. Yes. He's the inventor of the EMH. The father father of holography, I guess. Yes. I think yeah. they talk about that. And his first name is Lewis. That's Lewis Zimmerman. That we Lewis Zimmerman. He's there. Um, he talks to Barkley about the Pathfinder project. Um, he's still searching, you know, that's that Barkley is still searching for Voyager and but he and has Barclay... that funny line beforehand because yeah. he guesses the name of Voyager as is it Pioneer? <laughs> right? he's yes. Like, and he's right. like, no, no, Voyager. And Barkley corrects him. I do have the answer to the desert tortoise name. Ah. Robert Picardo's desert tortoise was named. Tilly. Tilly the tortoise. What? Yes. Tilly. No. Yeah. You're kidding that's, me. That's what he says. Tilly the Tilly. tortoise. Tilly. Yes. That's the name of the character from uh, Discovery, Tilly. So I'm oh, really shocked because that's such Tilly. a, it's not a common it's an name. unusual name. Yeah. It's a very unusual name. My yeah. goodness. Did Tilly. Robert Picardo breathe or, or speak Maybe that into he... existence so that Maybe he wrote Discovery as well. <laughs> he created that and used his tortoise name. Okay, oh so God. they're talking about the Pathfinder project. Barkley says they're on the verge of a breakthrough. Zimmerman is super grumpy. Yes, he, uh, he um, is. <laughs> and then they start talking about Zimmerman's health and how he's been prodded and poked. And yeah. they haven't found anything. No. And, and he does say something like, you know, time is a luxury that I can't afford. Barkley or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the end of the scene, the scene ends with him saying, I'm dying. And yeah. so we're a little shocked by that. We're like, oh, okay. Zimmerman's dying. He's dying. Um, we have an earth shot here 
Yeah. We see, we go cut out to space after that. We have an earth shot and then it pans across. We have a probe shot. We see the Pathfinder it, probe. Did you like this shot? No. Yes or- <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Because every time I watch things, I go, I wonder if Robbie likes this or not. No. And here we go. Well, so, it wasn't clear what the shot was saying. It felt what? like, okay, no. near near okay. Earth, we pan over and we see, or we dissolve to a Pathfinder probe, I assume. Yeah. The, I think it's the Midas Array, is what I think it is. So, okay, the Midas okay. Array. Yeah. And then it pans off the Midas Array and suddenly Voyager flies by. And I'm like, wait, that to me, that shot is saying that Voyager's right near Earth, if all these shots are connected. It didn't okay. make sense I, to me. It didn't make sense to you. It did make sense to me because it went... It went Earth and then pan away, and then it went either Midas Array or Pathfinder Midas Project. Uh, yeah, whatever that was. Radar, whatever that is. And then it went to some nebulas. Yes. Okay? And there's a, and like then a it went a little bit further. Yeah, a little blinking and a little bit further. So I understood to me, it played as hey, we're going from Earth all the way to the Delta Quadrant in an abbreviated Cliff Notes way. Okay, so I I I mm. I I know you don't buy it, but I I bought it as and I was like, I'm fine with that. And I knew that you would not be fine with that. Because it it, it doesn't make sense because a camera could not see Earth and Voyager at the same time. And that's kind of what that little shot suggested is that we can pan from Earth. You know, now if it had dissolved and dissolved and dissolved, like we're traveling through light years or something. I don't know. There needed to be more dissolves. They needed to be more dissolves. I agree. All right. Let's keep going. But we see Voyager fly by. We cut into Astrometrics. Seven's working away at a side console, and suddenly there's an alert. Yeah. And she steps over to a center console, pulls up some data, and up on the screen in Astrometric pops all of these kind of fritzy data streams. We see Earth. We see Starfleet stuff. So it's clearly... Yeah. It's a transmission it's, from Starfleet. Transmission. But it's not a comm she, link. Yeah. Uh-uh. She tries to... She hails the bridge. Janeway says, patch it through here. And she says, no, it's not a comm link, Captain. But it is a compressed data stream, badly, mm-hmm. badly degraded. So now we know. And Janeway, mm-hmm. everyone on the bridge is like, what? So Janeway's ready to head down to Astrometrics to check it yeah, out. Yeah, because because seven calls, Janeway's got to go to <laughs> Astrometrics. That's yeah, right. That's the game we play. <laughs> it is. Um, we, we have an exterior space shot of Voyager flying through space. And then we cut wait, to the briefing. Now, room. when we're in space... Let's yes. Stop. Pause at the space. I'll shot pause at the space shot. Go. It is the most extra dramatic music I've ever heard on our show. <laughs> it's like because it feels like this music of the space shot and us flying by is like we've won. We're gonna get home in this episode. It is the. It's like the music you play at the end. The victory music. It just felt like, I, wow, is this extra? There's a little extra. I, I had no problem with that. So okay. I know that you didn't like it. It felt <laughs> a little extra to me. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, all right. So now we're in the briefing room. So yes. evidently, uh, Janeway's already been down to Astrometrics because seven, when she calls, Janeway runs. Um, and now they've moved the whole meeting into the briefing room. Yes. And uh, we find everybody's out that there. Yeah, everyone's everybody's there. there. All, the, all the main players are there, all the main heroes. And we discover that by using the Midas Array, once a month, we will receive a short burst of information and we will have basically 17 hours to respond. So this is a monthly thing. Once a month, this is going to happen. And mm-hmm. everyone's pretty excited about this. And Janeway's like, okay, I'm going to give everyone a chance to answer, but they have to be very, very short answers because um, the data stream can't carry much information. We can't mm-hmm. have people you know, writing novels. But mm-hmm. still, people are excited. Um, mm-hmm. Any comments from you about the briefing room? I, I liked that Janeway said, look, you know, when you're writing your letters, Barclay and the Pathfinder Project people 
yeah. have not given up on us and right. maybe say thank you. Yeah. Like that's, I, that I like nice. that little detail. Like that, this is, this is really significant. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I just like that. So that's a message, all. a message of gratitude. Yeah. Okay. Now we're in sick bay. Yes, we are. And Neelix arrives with yes, the mail for the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the doctor starts reading through this, and mm-hmm. essentially it's a message from Barclay telling the mm-hmm. doctor or informing the doctor of Zimmerman's failing health. Yeah. And now this lights a fire under the doctor's bum. He is so intent on, you know, doing something at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now having, uh, we come back from commercial break and we're back in the sick bay. There is a passage of time. The doctor is now in his office on his big laptop. Yes, reviewing the giant laptops the giant that laptops. we used to have. Yes. It seems so modern in the yes. 90s. But they now, did seem but, modern, but no. Yeah. They're, they, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of if we were watching the Flintstones, and the Flintstones yeah. had laptops. That's yes. what I think it looks yeah. like. Um, so the doctor is in his office on his big laptop reviewing Zimmerman's medical data. At this point, Seven arrives mm-hmm. with a pad containing information mm-hmm. that he requested. And we find out that this information basically has Borg regeneration techniques. And mm-hmm. this is the angle that he's going to take to heal Zimmerman, who at this point is unhealable by anybody in the Alpha Quadrant. So, mm-hmm. you know, the doctor feels like my specialized knowledge is going to make the difference. Yeah. yeah. He also makes a comment about how Zimmerman looks, how handsome he is, and how his looks are very inspiring. And uh, they inspire confidence, right? Yes. Yes. His jawline is strong and inspires confidence. Like he can relate to that. He's very proud that he looks. You know, he's <laughs> got to say that Zimmerman's very handsome, just like yes, him. Yes. It was a fun little <laughs> exit comment. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, no there's no humility with either Zimmerman no, or the doctor no. whatsoever. Okay, so we have an exterior space shot of Voyager, and then we go to the captain's ready room. Yeah, so the doctor comes in. He's telling uh, the captain about different kinds of Borg regeneration techniques that he could use to stop this, uh, you know, this cell damage that's happening, maybe even cure him completely. Yeah. Uh, but he tells the captain that he wants to go back to the alpha quadrant to administer this treatment himself. She's quite reluctant in the beginning because she Very says, reluctant. okay, yeah. you <laughs> to send you, we could not send any other messages back home. It mm-hmm. would just be pretty much you. And the doctor is pleading saying, look, can't everyone just wait for a month? And, and then she says, well, you have your duties in sick bay. And that's yeah. when she says, Paris can take it over. He knows everything pretty much. He can do Well, he anything. even says, Tom's already agreed to Tom's, it. Yeah, so. no, yeah. Her next thing was like, well, only if he agrees. He's, he's already agreed. I already asked him. So Yeah, I already asked him. It's covered. Yeah. What um, a swell guy you are. You're going to take over all the duties for the doctor while he's gone. Yeah. She's also pouring coffee here out of a coffee pot. I don't know that I've seen before, but it was quite nice. It was a new pot, sort oh. of a silver pot. I don't know that I'd seen it, but she had a nice coffee set up. I okay. just want to comment on that. It was, yeah. it was nice. And that's um, it? Just saying it's a nice coffee set It was a nice coffee setup. Did you think about putting it's that very into your limerick? It's sleek looking. Well, I have a coffee mug in real life um, called the Ember mug and it's it it charges your mug has a name yeah (laughs) it's a brand of of uh battery operated mugs that you sit it on a on a little um you know charger yeah and it charges the battery and then when you pour your coffee it keeps your coffee warm and it's a very i love the design of my ember coffee mug okay okay when i saw her coffee pot and her mug and so i was like oh that's like an ember coffee pot Ah. it probably keeps it 
pot a very sci-fi, you know, yeah. so it doesn't get cold in the pot. I just like the design of her, her pot and her stuff. It reminded me of my ember. So. I like that. That's mm. nice. Yeah. Okay. And you just, you just did a pitch for them. You just advertised. I did. I, <laughs> I did. think, I, think I ember, highly yeah. recommend the ember brand I, of coffee mugs i think ember owes you commission now no, I think they so do. you put in the code when you order your ember paris mm. told me so and then hopefully they'll be able to give you yeah. something you know we'll see um uh, but so pay? the doctor is pleading he's still pleading yeah. she said i did i did like when she said well zimmerman created thousands of holograms like you're not the only one <laughs> and you know you you can hardly you know consider him your father you know he created right. Lots of programs. Wasn't and, there an? I think in this episode, yeah. they give us a number. Don't they give us a number of how many yes. Mark ones? Okay, at some point, I can't remember right off the top of my head. All right, it was either six hundred or six thousand. Yeah, <laughs> one was, of those. I, but it was. Six I feel something. like it was in the hundreds. I okay. feel like it six hundred and seventy-eight, something like that. Yeah. Okay. But there's an emotional plea here where the doctor basically says he's the closest thing. Like to me, you may not think of him as my father, but right. I do. Right. And at the end of the scene, Jamie says, well, tell him Jane says hello. That's what he used to call me. And it bugged me, but he kept calling me Jane. <laughs> at the conference where she met him at. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And then we go we go back to sick. Uh, then we go back to sick bay. And now yes. the doctor is back in his office. He's working on his enormous, ginormous laptop. And he is humming a tune. Mm-hmm. Humming and while tune. he's humming the tune, he's got the melody going. All of a sudden, his voice goes. It just disappears. His singing mm-hmm. voice is gone. He comes out into the main part of sick bay and seven is there. She's working on removing all non-essential subroutines because mm-hmm. guess what? His program is way too large to send back to the alpha quadrant. And so he asks how many, uh, how much information needs to be deleted. And she says 12 mega quads must be left behind. And then of course, there's a very humorous interchange where they start listing all the things that he can yes. do. Chess or singing, or what about lovemaking? Yeah, sexual activities. How <laughs> about that? He's like, yeah. will you be no. reciting poetry when you get there? He's like, no. <laughs> so yeah, a lot gets yeah. taken out. I like his line where he says, I don't want to look like every other EMH on the block. <laughs> That was a nice little comment. There's some good lines in here for sure. But he thinks he thinks Zimmerman is going to be so excited to see to meet him. him and oh, see yeah. what he learned yeah. and yeah. how he's, he's going to inspire he's, Zimmerman. Yes, he's yes. got this fantasy of this reunion with his father figure that, of making his father proud. Yeah, that's yeah. what he wants to do. That's yeah. his goal, his objective as an actor, as yeah. a character. So we're in Astrometrics, mm-hmm. and we have Janeway Seven and Harry who are basically sending the doctor on his way mm-hmm. to the Alpha Quadrant from Astrometrics. And I do remember filming the scene, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Because I, I I, was like, this is awesome. I get to take off his. And I played it as if like I was a little annoyed because I wanted to get my message back to my parents. And then he took right. all the data stream up. So I was just like, I was so happy to take it. I was like, you know, take your mobile mirror off and <laughs> so take that. Yeah, because I my one line was, <laughs> try not to get lost like it was a very just unenthused um yeah. uh, performance by me because i remember trying to you know give him give it to him a little bit for taking away that data stream yeah yeah, yeah. he nobody gets messages nope not this month Mm-mm. then we are in some quarters we go from uh his his disappearance in astrometrics suddenly we're, yeah. we're we see a salad in the foreground well, yeah and, and wendell is shooting from inside the replicator 
right? So he the yeah. angle is from the inside is when you see the fly land on it. So that's a cool shot at least, right? It was cool. Uh, and you see you see some quarters in the background, but you see the salad and yeah. suddenly there's a fly on the salad. Right. And it's shooed away by Haley, who we learn is is Zimmerman's assistant. That's right. But she speaks to the fly. Yes. Yeah. She's like, do you you can't land there again? Whatever she says, and and that's something like confused. I told you to stay away from it. Yeah. Or something like I that. was so confused. I was just like, what is going on? Why is she speaking to the fly? We later learn what happens there, mm-hmm. but I had no clue what was happening at that point. But she's ago. got she's got lunch ready, um, yeah. and she she uh, calls to the doctor in the other room, and he says, you know, he's he's starving and he's kind of grumpy. So again, yeah. we hear Grumpy Zimmerman as she's leaving. By the way, Barkley arrives, and he's got a small little canister with him or something. He says, yeah. "Hey, tell tell Zimmerman I I've got a surprise for him." Yeah, and uh, he asks the computer, "Is the download complete?" And the computer says, "Yes, it is." And you mm-hmm. see this kind of flashing. So we think that. The doctor's, you know, uh, program has been downloaded into this little canister or something. So what is that? What is that? What is he holding? I have no. Is it a hard drive? It's, it's, it's about, about the size of a portable of a modern day portable speaker. Is what it looks like. But yeah, or it looks like a little, must... um, like a like a thermos or something. Like, is it know. a is it a mobile? He doesn't have his mobile emitter. So is it a a? What's it's my... a hard drive of some kind. No, it's what be. was my what's my what am I trying to say? What what projects the doctor in sickbay when he's not using the mobile emitter? The hollow emitters in yes, sickbay. Yes, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the mobile hollow emitter is what it maybe. is in, yeah. in, to enable his his program to appear. To move around. Yeah, to something. move around. Exactly. Because okay. remember, I took his thing off. His portable in, in hollow. Yeah, yeah. His, his mobile emitter, his futuristic mobile emitter was ripped mm-hmm. off of his um, mm-hmm. shirt his uniform by me in astrometrics or by Harry, excuse me. Yeah. It could be a mo- portable emitter. Of That's what I'm thinking it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we go okay. in the lab though. Haley brings his lunch in. She says, Barkley's here. Yeah. And Grumpy's he's still not happy because he doesn't want salad. He wants pork chops. Pork chops. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but he, he does finally say, okay, send Barkley in. He's got three minutes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Barkley comes in, activates the doctor and he's, I guess he's, He's able to be in the lab because there's hollow emitters on the wall of this lab. So somehow. Oh, okay. That's what I was guessing is that there's hollow because there's a hollow grid on the wall in this lab. So, okay. Okay. But I do want to say at this point, the doctor appears, you've got Bob playing the doctor, you got Bob playing Zimmerman, and there's a lot of tricky camera work in this sequence. Oh my god! Tons of it, and in this they, entire episode, not just the scene. So yeah, yeah this is the right. beginning of it. But there's they had to have Ooh. used a motion control camera. So what that means is there's a there's a camera support. The camera is put onto a um, like an arm or a dolly of some kind, dolly and an arm that is computer controlled. So the motion can be repeated precisely over yeah. and over. Yeah. So they had to do that camera moves with Bob as Zimmerman. Then they had to go change him and have the camera repeat itself in motion control yeah. with Bob playing Bob. Right. And then you use split screen and put those pieces together. And now you've got Bob in a scene with himself. But the motion control cameras are very time consuming. Very, very time consuming. Oh, I've yeah. rarely used it in my career because it is so time consuming. Yeah. There's also photo doubles used in the scene for some of the cuts. There's green screen used. I cannot stress enough how time consuming yeah. these scenes probably were and the precision. And well, even though they're not perfect, it is really, it was a really ambitious 
sequence for our show at the time. Absolutely. Well, you know, well, then you got to give props to Terry Wendell for at least that much, you know, having to deal with all that. I I have to say it it was a gargantuan uh, task. It was. It was. But we do learn a few things in this scene. We learned that the original doctor, the original, the EMH Mark One, mm-hmm. is obsolete. It's no mm-hmm. longer in use. And the doctor doesn't know this. And when he finds out, he's a little shocked. He's, he thinks it's been retired. And, of course, Zimmerman, Zimmerman clues him in on it. He says, no, it wasn't re- retired. None of the EMH Mark Ones were retired. They were reconfigured to scrub plasma conduits on waste transfer barges. Mm. So this is, you know, they basically turned all of of what we know is the doctor into Malon, into yes. Malon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Malon, right? With the, the Malon yeah. uh, waste people, so waste aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, scrubbing. But the doctor keeps saying to Zimmerman, like, I, I've adapted. And yeah. uh, I'm different. I'm not a just a plain Mark One. I've Man. I've learned a lot, and Zimmerman is not impressed. No, Lewis is not even listening to that. He doesn't no. care. Barkley even like, says no. he's been running for six years continuously in the Delta yeah. Quadrant, seen yeah. more things than most doctors will see in their lifetime. Yeah. And I yeah. love when the doctor says to Zimmerman at one point, he says, "I've even adapted to deal with difficult patients like you," or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, and then yeah. Zimmerman's like. I didn't program you for sarcasm. Right. Like, so right. he's starting to see that this, this EMH has adapted a bit, but still he's not, not buying it. He's not. not I it. mean, mm-hmm. he even exclaims to Barkley. He's like, you brought an EMH Mark one 30,000 light years to come treat me. Are you crazy? Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, he thinks this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I love that Leonard, the holographic iguana actually speaks in this scene. He says, yes, he does. Just, just being thorough is what he, he repeats. Yeah, He repeats uh, yeah, what the, the doctor line. has yeah. just said. Yeah. He goes, just being thorough. <laughs> yeah. The doctor um, says, I'm just being thorough. And you hear yeah. just being thorough. And then the doctor turns, we cut to the holo- the iguana. Yeah. And it turns out that, that's a holographic iguana yeah. who can speak, and his his name is Leonard. Yeah, and does, the doctor doesn't says, the doctor deactivate him. At this deactivate. Point? Yeah, it's like, geez, like, what, yeah. What right do you have, doctor, to deactivate the pet? He says, "I'm a maker. doctor, not a zookeeper." Yeah, <laughs> he's got some funny lines in there. Doctor even asks Zimmerman, "What was your first symptom?" I think the Zimmerman says something like, uh, "Acute hair loss." <laughs> yeah. Very funny. So there's some good jokes in the scene. There are, there are, and the scene basically culminates uh, or climaxes with the this you know debate or argument between Zimmerman and the doctor about how the doctor has you know basically been in charge of his life he has control and Zimmerman says oh really let me show you the, who has the control and he beams him out of or he transfers his program transfer EMH yeah. yeah he transfers the EMH from the lab to the living quarters area and, and there's Barkley and yeah. how did Haley it go? waiting how did it go <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's got a sour expression yeah. funny looks it's uh good very funny and the, then we go to the space station shot again. Yeah. Again, cool yeah. space station design. Yeah, it looks good. Um, back to the living quarters. Yeah. Um, Barkley and Haley are there. And right. the doctor 
Doctor's um, gone in for a second try, clearly, right? That's yeah. the understood um, scene that yeah. happened. That, that this yeah. arguing has continued. Yes. Doctor storms into the living quarters. He's had it. He says, power <laughs> he of the minus array. <laughs> I want to go back to Voyager right now. Barkley doesn't understand why. He's like, what happened? What happened? And he basically explains that he was doing a mitochondrial scan and the doctor noticed something unusual. And he just couldn't figure it out until he realized that his scan showed that Zimmerman was a Vulcan marsupial. So yeah. basically a Vulcan kangaroo is what um, it showed up as on his on his tricorder. So he yeah. realized that Zimmerman had reconfigured the doctor's tricorder and the doctor was just absolutely beside himself, just yes. not happy with what has happened. But Haley says it sounds like he's making progress because he only teases those that he likes. Mm. So there I don't you know go. about that. I think, yeah, but maybe. <laughs> That's what she says. The fly buzzes by at this yeah. point. Yeah. And the doctor's looking at the fly and Barkley says, oh, that's Roy, a holographic yeah. fly. Well, no, he doesn't, say, he doesn't say it's a holographic fly. He just says it's Roy commissioned by Starfleet intelligence, yeah. an experiment in micro surveillance. So it may be instead of a actual holographic flight oh, it might be a, a real yes like and said so basically oh it probably um, is we, real because yeah because when the doctor swinging it, yeah. the book at him he grabs a book and mm -hmm. and uh he says mm -hmm. well barkley is that zimmerman kept this fly roy for a pet, As a pet. exactly so now the doctor's you know yeah. uh, swiping at the at the fly around mm -hmm. the room and barkley's mm -hmm. trying to calm him down yeah and the doctor says you know, there's undercover insects in here talking iguanas. Yeah. And Zimmerman is deranged and needs a counselor. He needs a counselor. But more, uh, one important fact that we we kind of glazed over is that Barkley kind of calms down the doctor and telling him, look, we cannot send you back. Remember, it's once a month. You have two more weeks here. That's yeah. it. You can't yeah. sit, we can't send you back right now. But yeah. yes, but, but but on the line about that he needs a counselor, um, and he does end up swatting the fly and he swats the fly, smashes the fly. it with a book. Yeah. And he says, finally, yeah. I've accomplished something. Yeah. Storms and out. Storms out. Right. Yeah. But we are now what I would say would be Barclays quarters. Yeah. Maybe someplace some that he's quarters. hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And so he is now communicating on his different giant laptop. Giant laptop. <laughs> it's a different style of giant laptop. Yeah. He's communicating with Deanna Troy. And he is begging Deanna to come help with Zimmerman. She agrees that uh, if she can convince Picard, Captain Picard, to let her go, she will try to make it there by the beginning of next week. And mm -hmm. Barkley is overjoyed. He's so happy about that. But nice mm -hmm. transition from talking about needing a counselor to Barkley actually yeah. reaching out to a counselor. Uh, we have another exterior space shot of Voyager. And then we end up in the captain's ready room yet yes, again. we do with oh, a yeah. nice JC JC scene. moment there. Yeah. There's a lot of flirting going on in and this also, scene. And also, she never sits on the other side. You know what I'm saying? No. There's a point where she kind of comes out from behind her desk and sits, she goes and sits on the same the guest side. Chair. Yeah, with uh, with Chakotay next to her mm -hmm. honey. So um, she has just listened to this communique. From and and no one ever refers to it as communique, do they? I mean, I, it was kind of odd. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a communique. Um, she listened to a communique from Admiral Hayes, and he is very curious. He wants to know everything. He wants to know the information about about all the casualties that Voyager has suffered. He wants to know about the Maquis, and he wants to know about this. But this sort of a you know this makes uh, gives Jay yeah, a little pause. When he brings up the Maquis, yeah. how's the how's the 
what's the status of the Maquis crew members yeah. that yeah. you've taken prisoner? <laughs> right. is the implication. Yes. yes. And she pauses it and she's like, uh, you know, she doesn't think of him as Maquis. No. She thinks of them all as um, part of her crew, members of her, of her crew. crew. She didn't say Starfleet, but she says members of my crew. So yeah. that's it. But she's concerned. She doesn't know how to answer Hayes and mm -hmm. she wants Chakotay to help. So she actually invites him to on a lunch date. She says, you know, uh, will you want to go to lunch with me and help me write this? And Chicote is very chill. He's like, listen, you know what? We'll, we will cross that bridge when that bridge appears, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, we, we don't need to tell him anything extra, this or that. We can, you know, we can work through this. So it'll be all right. Uh, yeah. And it was a good, but they, a, a nice they scene do the two of them. decide to have a lunch date in a very flirty way. Yeah. Invites him to lunch and it was like, flirty. He says, You're on with a with a smile. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what what are you serving for lunch, Captain? Yeah. Huh? huh? A little <laughs> slice of nookie? I don't know. Okay. But uh, they talk about lunch. We go back to the space station. Haley's making lunch again yes. for Zimmerman. Uh yes. he's very healthy, by the way. Lots of salads. Clearly. He does. He does. Um <laughs> And and you hear him moaning as she's preparing lunch <laughs> over the comm. He's like, oh, give me a few minutes. <laughs> and I thought he was sick at first. Oh, you thought he actually threw up? I was up like, oh, okay. yeah, I thought, oh, he's having a <laughs> he, tough day. And then you cut in the cookies. lab. Yeah. <laughs> cut inside and you see, no, he's getting a massage from some <laughs> crazy alien um, with a wig and all these like, tubules or something tendrils yeah. going around yeah. her head mm -hmm. but while he's getting the the massage and um talking about the doctor harassing him you see this alien masseuse kind of using one hand for a massage and the other hand pulls out a tricorder <laughs> yeah an a medical tricorder to, yeah. and starts scanning him <laughs> and he notices he looks over his shoulder and sees the tricorder he yeah. jumps up he's like what are you doing he realizes yeah. that maybe this isn't a legit masseuse. Yes. And he orders the computer to realign Voyager's EMH, <laughs> I guess, projection or something. The alien turns into a sort of sheepish doctor at the moment. Yeah. Zimmerman I is furious. Big screaming scene here, by the way. It is a big screaming scene, but this is also the scene which kind of, it starts... <sighs> My problem with this episode is that the doctor has scanned Zimmerman multiple times, but yet you keep seeing scenes of him trying to scan him again. It's like, yeah. wait, you know, our, our our tricorders are pretty darn advanced. It doesn't really take it's not something mm -hmm. that it takes 45 minutes to scan somebody. The minute mm -hmm. you hit scan, they're scanned. So yeah. he's already been scanned at this point. This is his third time being scanned. So at to least. me, yeah. I, you know, this is this is the hole in the plot. It's sort of like, guys, come on. I mean, he's already been scanned. You're you're mm -hmm. actually adding the scene in because of the humor element of the, of the, Hey, here's a masseuse, you know, that yeah. the doctor is posing as, and he's trying to scan him as the masseuse. Ha 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 ha. And it just, to me, it pulled mm -hmm. me out a little bit. It, it bugged me. Yeah. So. It did feel a little repetitive. Yes. The, the scanning for oh unnecessarily. God, but, but, but they the, do yeah. have a screaming, but scene the screaming match. Here. Yeah. But uh, you know what? This is not the loudest that Bob Picardo has screamed. No. So I'm actually, I was happy that he didn't go to the, the highest level the of crazy, screaming. Yeah. The Tom yeah, Paris so, level of screaming. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, the Tom Paris level of screaming from Alice when you were screaming there. Remember that? Yeah, that, that was, was some good really, screaming. That was good. 
Yeah. Oh, some good screaming. Mm-hmm. They do talk about, you know, they argue about how the doctor's trying to convince him that he's grown and evolved and yeah. is able to help. And uh, I think Zimmerman at one point says, oh, so you can sing and dance now. I should install you at a Ferengi nightclub. So <laughs> he's, you know, they're throwing in these insults and barbs and sarcasms. <laughs> then he gets a call from Haley again that there's a visitor there and yeah. Deanna Troy enters the lab. Yeah. She comes in. She doesn't mm-hmm. know which ones. <laughs> she doesn't know which one to treat. Actually, when she comes in, she's like, ah. And again, cool. another motion control shot. Just yeah. Deanna Troy walking in and in the middle of the two of them had to have taken hours just for oh, that yeah. one shot. Yeah. I think I read on Memory Alpha that someone interviewed uh, Marina about her mm-hmm. her acting on this specific episode and and she said that um, it was a joy to work with Bobacardo. He was so easy to work with, but all the you know in dealing with the camera and dealing with the two bobs that she had a hard time dealing with that. Like she she said, I have to stay perfectly still. I couldn't move an inch, you know, at this point and that point. So there was a lot of um, mm. uh, technical stuff technical that Marina challenges. Was, yeah, yeah. That Marina was not happy to to have to partake. Yeah, in. I'm sure so, it was tricky. Yeah. But uh, she comes in, Zimmerman goes over, he thinks she's a trick, like another hologram. <laughs> I mean, he pinches her and she's like, ow, I'm real. Yeah. The doctor is very glad to see her. Zimmerman is not. He's mm-hmm. still grumpy. No, um, no. The doctor tries to explain to the counselor that, you know, he's turned paranoid and agoraphobic and he's just losing his mind. He's going crazy. Right. Right. And uh, then the counselor, Troy, she tries to get first the doctor to see Zimmerman's point of view. She right. says, well, the, you know, he, he, to him, you're obsolete. Like, yeah. would you Im- imagine letting a surgeon from a hundred years ago work on your work on your you. program? Yeah, and he's like, I... sure. If he knew what he was doing, she's like, really, really from a hundred <laughs> yeah. years ago. And he's like, yeah. okay, maybe, maybe I get it. And then she goes to Zimmerman and she's like, <laughs> Look at the doctor's position if things were reversed. So she's slowly just sowing the seeds. Getting of, them to see yeah, each other. Yeah, just see, like, just, just look at this mm-hmm. for, for what it is, okay? But she does get them to see each other's point a little bit, but then... Well, he still cu- he still cuts into him because he says, uh, you know, thank you, counselor, for extending the olive branch. I'm willing to see past our differences if he is. And Zimmerman's like, all right, yep, I, I am too. And he can start by purging the plasma conduits of deck six. Exactly. So he's still, he's another, still sticking it to him. Yeah, another barb. He does- yeah, go clean the plasma conduits <laughs> if he wants to be helpful. And, and the doctor gets angry again. They start to bicker. Troy is like, that's it. You're both jerks. Yeah. <laughs> and storms out. And then the iguana goes, jerks. Does he? Oh, he does. That's the right. Iguana goes, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice button. She you think she's getting somewhere, and then they just go back to bickering. And oh uh, the God. iguana, the iguana calls it. I, I almost want you to text Bob and say, whose idea was the iguana, Bob? <laughs> Tell me now. All right, so we are now in Zimmerman's living quarters. Somebody's yes. living quarters, yeah, yeah okay. probably. Yeah. And uh, Troy is telling Barkley that you know what, maybe I shouldn't have even come here. Like yeah. these two can't even be in the same room with each other. They're jerks. Mm-hmm. She goes on to say, like you know, Zimmerman is is hiding in the lab. He won't come out, and the doctor is on the holodeck, and he won't come out of there. They're not even speaking to each other. And Barkley says, "Well." 
I let the doctor use my Voyager simulation. It seems to be comforting him. So right. he's, he's, you know, they're in this standoff and Barkley and Troy can't figure out what to do. Haley brings in some ice cream for Troy to try to comfort her. Yes. And, and then Troy, mm-hmm. yeah, Troy realizes here, she says, you're a hologram. You're, you're mm-hmm. a hologram, aren't you? And, mm-hmm. and, and Haley's like, how'd you know? And she says, well, I haven't been around. I've been around you a bunch. I haven't sensed any emotions. I'm an empath. We learn that Haley has been there nine years and she's older than even uh, the doctor. The EMH Mark One, yeah. Yeah. She was around when the EMH Mark One was designed, basically. Mm -hmm. So Troy does a little, you know, a little digging here with Haley and Mm -hmm. just wanted to know, um, you know, why did Lewis make the EMH Mark One in his own image? And Haley's like, well, maybe you should ask him. And Troy's like, I already did. But he evaded that question. I was hoping you would shed some light in this situation. Haley does give us some information. She tells us that uh, Zimmerman was very, very proud of the Mark I. Mm-hmm. And he would dream about uh, having uh, hundreds of holograms in the corner of every quadrant saving lives. And he put mm-hmm. so much of himself into its development. He felt that it was only natural that the EMH Mark I should look like him as well he was very proud to like yeah. reveal this to starfleet and then yep. starfleet didn't, didn't really meet their expectations they didn't were meet not... their expectations no. and so starfleet ordered the mark one to be reconfigured mm-hmm. uh to clean the plasma conduits well, well it didn't go right to that i mean they, they were they said he didn't they they said hey listen zimmerman the mark one failed to meet our expectations and he spent two years trying to yeah. fix the defects. Like he yeah. just locked himself away trying to fix everything. And he finally just gave up and he started from scratch. Whole new matrix. And that was the Mark II, which was then followed by three, four. And but but none of those obsessed. other newer models were modeled after him. The no, only one that's like mo- because he was ashamed one. of the failure, he didn't want to model the new ones that's after right. him. That's so the right. only ones that look like him are the Mark ones. Yeah. And so Troy yeah. kind of has this realization at the end. She says to Haley, oh, so after all this time, the Mark I shows up. It must be like staring in a mirror at a reflection yeah. that you do not want to remember. So great line there. I love yeah. that line. Um, and when she has this realization, that's when she can eat her ice cream <laughs> at the very end of the scene. <laughs> She's like, aha, I've gotten somewhere. I figured I've figured something somewhere. out. I'm going to reward myself with exactly. ice cream. Yummy. Okay. Uh, we go to the lab again, and um, Zimmerman, this is a sad little scene. It is. He's recording he's re- his will. It's like He's oof. recording his will. He yeah. thinks he's dying here, and yeah. he wants to leave the Trojan Horse Project to Barkley. Right. Um, he wants to leave all of his holographic art to Barkley, Barclay, too. So yeah. clearly, <laughs> the only one that can appreciate them is Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants Haley to be running as long as his lab exists. Yeah. Because he yeah. says she's as real to me as anyone. Anyone ever he's met. ever known. Yeah. yeah. It's very sad. It is. He says it something is. like, I, I feel like, you know, I don't have any other friends because all my friends are, are uh, you know, I created all my friends. I created yeah. Haley. I created yeah. other than Barkley and Haley. Yeah. That's it. And then and, his ailment, his illness, you know, yeah. kind of uh, flares up and he, pain, he, kind he experiences of a very sharp and, pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He pauses his recording. When he's buckled over, he does kind of look up and he sees Leonard, the iguana. And he even says to Leonard, look, don't worry. 
I'll find a place for you too. So it is very sad. I mean, this is sad a, scene. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we see the space station again. Back to I guess we're in the holodeck with yeah, the doctor. The doctors, the holodeck of Vo- it's Voyager's sick bay, basically yeah. going on. Yeah, and the doctor's there because it's comforting him to be on Voyager. And Troy enters, and she comments about this recreation that Barkley made. And yeah, well, she's never seen like, Voyager ever. Yeah, so. she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, doctor says, yeah, Barkley got most of it right, except that Neelix does not purr. <laughs> and she says, oh, well, that's probably because he's he named his cat, his cat. favorite cat, Neelix, Neelix. So he yeah. probably added the purring um, just for his cat. Oh. Uh, but she says, hey, uh, let's. why don't you join me for dinner? And he goes, I'm a hologram. I don't eat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to eat dinner. <laughs> and she says, well, you know, it's going to be a nice dinner to get to know each other. Barkley will be there. Haley and, and uh, Doc Zimmerman. Zimmerman. <laughs> no, thanks. Goes, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not doing it. And then suddenly yeah. he starts to fritz. <laughs> Troy calls to Barkley. You know, what's going on? Barkley says, well, he was running diagnostics on the, on the doctor, but yeah. his program was sent 30,000 light years. It's starting yeah. to break down, starting to destabilize. Right. And that's actually where in Zimmer, the living quarters at this point, right? Yeah, so living when, quarters where Barkley. Yeah, Barkley says your program is destabilizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barkley basically says there's nothing I can do pretty soon. Very soon he's going to be destroyed. Yeah, I mean, this is the end of the doctor. So now yeah. the doctor has a death sentence in a way. Mm-hmm. So both Zimmerman and the doctor are now dying. Mm-hmm. We go to the lab next and Barclay is explaining to Zimmerman that the doctor is dying. And Zimmerman's like, <laughs> he says, good files riddance. are degrading. <laughs> good riddance to bad photons is what yeah. he says. Uh, <laughs> but the, but Barclay's like, Voyager can't do without him. Yeah, there are people um, that count on him on Voyager. People we that count him, on him. Yeah, we have to send them back. And Zimmerman's like, we'll send them a Mark IV. They're more reliable. Yeah. And yeah. Barkley's like, they don't want a Mark IV. They want their friend, mm-hmm. which is another good piece of uh, dialogue right there. Yeah. And and Zimmerman says, he goes, you know, these EMHs were not designed to be anybody's friend. Like, yeah. these are these are... They're just a hologram. It's, it's just, just a hologram. hologram and it's yeah. a bad hologram. And like Haley, he's, again, he's ashamed of it. Yeah. Haley and pipes up. <laughs> Haley pipes up. She's hurt. Yeah. And she says, is that how you feel about me? I'm just a hologram. <laughs> and he's like, oh, be, I'm being ambushed, ambushed in my own, in my own lab. lab. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Haley tells him a story about when he was on Vulcan. That he canceled a lecture and came all the way home to repair her. Because she was so, destabilized. Yes. And he says, well, he says, well, I was just looking for a reason to get out of there. I didn't want to give the lecture anyway. Yeah, right. And she's like, no, you came back because of me. You cared about me. Yeah. Just like you care about the Mark One. He just won't admit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Haley says, you know, he may not be perfect. The Mark One may not be perfect, but he is one of your creations and he needs you right now. He's uh, he's going to he's going to die, too. Yeah. Don't turn your back on him. Yeah. Time has passed now. We're in the, we're still in the lab. Yeah. Uh, Zimmerman's eating a salad. He activates the doctor. Yeah. He activates the image. The image fritzes in and says, please state the nature of the medical emergency. Zimmerman says, says, you're the emergency. (laughs) And uh, doctor's like, wait, you're going to repair me. You're going to fix me. And um, he asks, you know, well, how are you going to do it? What are you doing? And he's like, is that a fractal algorithm? (laughs) And he goes, no, don't do that. They're notoriously unstable. And then Zimmerman says something like, whoops. In the, yeah, he goes, in the hands of a novice. And then he goes, beep, 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 beep. He goes, whoops. He's like, whoops. <laughs> Doctor's what, like, whoops. What's, what's whoops? 
And Zimmerman just shuts him up. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't want. He doesn't want any. Patient any oh, he doesn't asking any questions. Here. Jabbing in his ear when he's he's mm-hmm. doing his very detailed handiwork there. Yeah. We come back. A little time has passed. He reactivates the doctor, yeah. and the doctor at first he goes, "I can't move. I can't, can't move. Yeah, What's going he's, on?" He's pretty stressed. Zimmerman says, "I I took your mobility algorithms offline. I'm yeah. I'm making improvements." And uh, <laughs> this is the way that I always wanted the Mark One EMH to be. I just never had the chance to. And he reactivates him again. So he fritzes out, fritzes back in by the hollow grid. And, he has and a the doctor message. He has a new opening line instead of. Can I say it? The, yeah. Can I say it? Okay. He yeah. says, Welcome to Sick Bay. How may I help you today? So it's, <laughs> it's completely like, different. What am I saying? <laughs> yes. And he says, yeah, I've, I've tried to upgrade your algorithms to make you a little more friendly, <laughs> less grumpy. He says, I've um, added new subroutines um, for compassion, patience, empathy, decorum, mm-hmm. all these things. And he, uh, the doc says, I don't feel anything as well because I haven't installed them yet. But I just yeah. thought you'd be uh, you'd like to be awake for the big moment. <laughs> and, but he does uh, acknowledge in this scene, he does yeah. agree with Barkley that the doctor has exceeded his expectations and yeah. he's accomplished he's much more than he some ever of his thought. programming. Exactly. Yeah. He, he also does say something like, you know, you have exceeded a, your programming, but you never overcame your inherent flaws, your <laughs> arrogance, your irritable. You're he a says a jerk. jerk. <laughs> As, As Councillor Troy would say, yes. <laughs> but then he flubs, he throws it back. Bob, Bob as the EMH says, I believe she was describing you as well. So it's there's okay. a you know, there's a little bit of like, look, we are the same people, mm-hmm. basically. And so at this point, the doctor says, you know what? I, I like myself the way I am. I don't want these upgrades and changes. And Zimmerman says, I'm trying to do you a favor. And doctor's like, I don't want any favors from your su- new subroutines. And He says, why can't you just accept me the way I am? And Zimmerman responds, because you're defective. Yeah. And he gives other acronyms. So instead of emergency medical hologram, he says emergency medical hotheads, extremely Mm -hmm. marginal house calls, which is a Mm -hmm. very funny one. (laughs) Yeah, very Um, funny. And that's what everyone used to call the Mark One. And that's when, you know, the Mark One was reconfigured after two years of him trying to fix it. Couldn't fix it. He basically admits what Haley said. He said, you know, I was humiliated. Yeah. With, with uh, 675. Oh, 675, 675 yeah. Mark Ones out there. Rubbing and plasma conduits. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All with my face. Yeah. So he's humiliated. Yeah. And um, yeah. And the doctor says, well, they're probably doing a good job. So they start now, they're starting to understand each other. And the doctor is empathetic. And he Mm -hmm. says, they're probably doing a good job. Scans Zimmerman. He wants Zimmerman to be proud of him. Yeah. Just give him a chance and be proud of mm -hmm. him. Exactly. The doctor then tells Zimmerman that his intercellular proteins are at a dangerous level and Mm -hmm. they should begin the procedure immediately. Mm -hmm. And he says, please just give me this chance to make you proud of me. So this is the turning point. Yeah. This and is the turning point. Zimmerman yeah. says, okay, we can okay, try, we can but try don't, it. don't yeah. expect me to put you in my in will. My will. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a, he still has a bar, but even yeah. though it's like, oh my classic. goodness. It, classic. Exactly. We go to the living quarters, Barkley's pacing. We learn yeah. it's been over 32 hours. The doctor's been uh, doing this procedure. And yeah. finally the doctor. That's a long time. A long 32 time. hours. Yeah. So that's one day 
and another eight hours, a quarter. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. yeah, a third, a day and a third of a day to yeah. do this. My goodness. Yeah. The doctor comes in and says uh, that the procedure was successful. Basically, mm. he's got a few questions though yeah. about his degradation. Um, he said, apparently this was started intentionally. <laughs> he's like, what were you guys doing? And <laughs> Troy, yeah. he found an algorithm designed to disrupt his matrix. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So Troy, they were of... trying to set him up <laughs> so that yes. Zimmerman would have some empathy and, and, uh, and the doctor gets it now. Yeah. And so he's relieved that he's not going to be, you know, uh, degraded and die and Zimmerman's right. fixed. And, uh, yeah. And he needs Zimmerman does need more procedures though. He's he requires several more mm-hmm. treatments, but he will, in his opinion, make a full recovery. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. very positive and good news. We go to the lab for our final scene here, and the doctor is taking photos with his giant camera. <laughs> and Zimmerman walks in and he's like, What are you doing? And the doctor says, Well, photography is one of my hobbies that I develop. So we see that they're really kind of getting to know each other. Yeah. And the doctor says, you've got to rest. And Zimmerman says, well, I hope you're not going to be coming back here to do more of this. And the doctor says, oh, no, I, I'm not going to be able to come back. The captain would not allow me to come back. This is it. Yeah. So this but is really it, their goodbye. It is. But then Zimmerman does say, well, that's fine. But the next time she sends a data stream, you might want to drop me a line and let me know how you're doing. So yeah, exactly. this, this is, you know, progress. This is yeah. huge progress. He actually does care about the EMH yeah. Mark one. And of course uh, the EMH says, well, if you insist and then um, Barkley enters the room yeah. and uh, EMH asked Barkley if he could help him take a photo. And he actually poses with his father Zimmerman and mm-hmm. they, they snapped that. Photo. It's a cool shot. The two, the Bob and the Bob with the hand over his shoulder. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a, it's a tricky that, shot to do, but it yeah. was very well done. That was that a photo double that was standing. No, that was, no, that, that had was to actually have been a locked off camera, a locked or off camera move. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But yeah, we've got that freeze frame at the end and uh, there's the photo of mm. Bob and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's sweet. It's sweet. Yeah. And then that goes to credits. And that's the yeah, end of that one. That is yeah. the end of our doctor's father story. Mm-hmm. The father-son story. That is um, my lesson yes. for this episode is to be careful of assumptions because assumptions can usually lead to disappointment. You know, that that's what I took from this is like, the doctor came here thinking he's going to have this fantasy reunion and he was disappointed instead of just taking people for who they are and learning to see the potential rather than being stuck with your preconceived judgments, you know, yeah, that both of them had certain assumptions or judgments. And so that's why there was so much conflict instead of Zimmerman saying, Hey, maybe you're not the failed Mark one, maybe you're different. And instead of, the doctor thinking, oh, he's got to be my father knows best instead of, oh, well, he might be a grumpy guy and that's okay. Like, you know, these assumptions lead to disappointment and judgments, preconceived judgments. So that was my lesson. What about you? Similar to yours, my lesson from this episode is to remember to remain flexible. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times you have a preconceived notion about something before you go into it. Yeah. And if you hold fast to that and never, never change course, mm-hmm. you could be in for a lot of misery because yeah. the bottom line is you never know. It, any situation that you think is going to be a certain way, there's always a little bit of a twist, a little plot twist, a little change in something. And so yeah. when you do come into some type of discussion, meeting, conference, whatever it may be with your preconceived notion of how it's going to go, and the minute it starts going sideways, you must adjust. You must mm-hmm. be flexible mm-hmm. and you must realize, okay, it's not working. We have to find another tactic or another angle to approach this to make sure that yeah. this thing can move forward. And you yeah. can't move forward when you're just spinning your tires because you're doing the same damn thing. It's you're stuck it's, in that it's, judgment. That it's, is it Sisyphus? Notion. The guy, he rolls the rock up the yeah. hill and then it rolls all the way back down. He does the same thing over and over again. He doesn't change it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my takeaway. So similar okay. to yours. Yeah. yeah. My rating Number one, because of the incessant use of the scanning of the tricorder over and over again, which pulled me out. And also because there wasn't your criteria, which is the usage of all of the main characters. I don't even think Tuvok even said anything in this episode. So I, I, you know, for me, I'm going to give it a lower rating because of that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's people that the doctor is their favorite character in Voyager. And this is their dream episode because yeah. not only do you get the doctor, you get the doctor times two. I mean, yeah. how? Yeah. so if you're ever, if you are a obsessive doctor fan, this is your episode. Mm-hmm. But for me, because of that criteria, I'm going to give this a 6.5. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I'll be honest. This is one of my least favorite episodes of the entire uh, series. Of our, so far of our series. I think the story was repetitive. Ultimately, I don't, you know, I think there was a very simple message in it. And I think yeah. it, it lacked involvement of our crew. Mm-hmm. It lacked any kind of B story or C story. Often we have, you know, our A story and then a, a, a smaller story or two that sort of counterpoint and echo the same themes and, you yeah. know, open it up from a different perspective, the yeah. same ideas. This had none of that. Right. So I... I just, uh, yeah, it, it lacks a lot of things. I give you, it a five. You, oh, I give it a five. that's actually not your lowest rating. You've gone lower than that. Oh, well, it's one of you my least a four or something. So did I? Yeah, yeah, you did. This is a five. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Um, I think that the whole idea of the theme, these pre- preconceived notions or disappointment or fantasies of what could be or misunderstandings, there were so many opportunities to open this story up to other characters yeah like the the maquis scene with janeway and chakotay that could have been a b story like you know uh, the assumptions that the maquis you know that starfleet is making about the maquis relationship on our ship it's an assumption it's not really you know things have changed but yet that story was not explored none of the characters hopes dreams of messages back were explored in any way i don't know it yeah okay i'm gonna give it a five i I will and before you read the rating I almost I, the entire time you're talking, I keep thinking, man, if they invent a time machine and 2000, the year 2000 era, John Bruno and Bob Picardo come to our time and listen to this podcast, they would then change the script. They would say, oh, we need a we need a we, well, need, a, I don't know we, that, we need to rework this. So. I don't know that Bob and John Bruno's story pitch was the flaw, because I think their story pitch is what got made. I think yeah. the writers 
as a team, the writing room and everyone should have looked at what, what could have made it better mm. and they could have improved. Like, yeah, I think that okay. there's a, there's a lot of ways that this right. story had value, but could have been improved a lot. Okay. And so then the players that ended up doing the teleplay, those are the, the I think they could have, that could they have could have opened it up it. and, mm-hmm. and, and made this a more, you know, thorough exploration yeah. of this story rather yeah. than felt pretty limited and a little redundant. And okay. also restricted to the 42 minute uh, time yeah. constraint yeah. as well. So yeah. it's not all the writer's fault. I'm so. dying to see what our average rating is here. Cause I, it's one of my lowest scores. So our admirals and captain's average rating for lifeline is 7.4. 7.6. Oh, I was close. I was wow. close. My guess is close. I'm going to do that from now on. Right, right before you say it, I'm going to guess what I think they're going to say. <laughs> so then we'll have it there. 7.6. 6. Wow. Yeah. A lot of doctor okay. fans out there. And I'm Clearly. a doctor fan too. Well, no, but... we are, who, who isn't a doctor fan? I mean, that's yeah. definitely one of the most popular characters on Voyager. Definitely. Yeah. But we do have validity when it comes to our points that we made. I think they're valid mm-hmm. points. Yeah. They really are. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's to have a series regular. Do you, do you agree with me? Did Tuvok say anything in this no, entire show? He didn't have a single okay, line. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, you can't. How can you not? Bolana may have had uh, one line. Yeah, yeah, may have had a couple of lines. Like there I, wasn't a story for anybody. No. Did you talk? Did you speak? You spoke a little bit, right? Or did you? I don't Holy know crap! You may not have even said anything. So again. Yeah. You cannot have your main character say Zippo the entire mm-hmm. episode. There, mm-hmm. there has to be something there, right? Agreed. Okay. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and please don't get mad at us for giving it such a low <laughs> rating. I know, I know there are, I know there are fans out there. This is their favorite episode. Just, I know, of course. There, there's always, every episode of Voyager has some number of fans that love that episode. And I'm sure this is one of those episodes for some of the yeah. diehard Doctor fans out there. But um, Robbie and I, we've we have hey. spoken <laughs> yes. to each his own right to each everybody's his own, gonna exactly. everybody's gonna have their yes. own experience so. yes okay um well, that was good what's next yeah. week yes next week is the haunting of deck 12 we're getting very close to rounding out the end of season six at this point okay. so it'll be the haunting of deck 12 one other episode and that'll be it so wow season six is almost done <laughs> i can't Unbelievable. believe this is so crazy We've been doing this since March of 20. Well, we we launched on May of 20, but we started recording in March of 2020. So yeah. this is this is incredible that we've come this far. It really wow. is. But and thank you everyone for tuning in and joining us on this journey for the, for over two years now. It's been yeah. it's been an incredible journey for both yeah. Robbie, myself, uh, Megan, and Rebecca, and of course for all the fans as well that have tuned yeah. in. So thank you so much, and uh, tune in next week when we will yeah. be reviewing, recapping, and discussing the haunting of Deck Twelve for all of our Patreon patrons. Please stay tuned for your bonus material. <laughs>